Welcome to the Diamond Mind Podcast with Nate and Lenny, where we listen to all 92 Diamond albums certified by Billboard. Today's album is... Whitney Houston by Whitney Houston. But before anything else, here's our news segment. And welcome back to your music news. It has been a hot minute, about three weeks actually, so there's a lot to catch up on. A lot I'm going to skip over because it's already happened. So you have to bear with me as I go through this and as Nate plays Candy Crush. I'm not playing Candy Crush. Then what am I looking at? This isn't Candy Crush. It's Candy Crush Saga. You get on my nerves. Courtney Kardashian and Travis Barker. I almost said Travis Scott. Travis Barker (laughs) are married. Um, Kurt Cobain's final days leading up to his death are being turned into a Nirvana opera. That's cool. Avril Lavigne and Maude's son are engaged. I didn't even know they were dating. Uh, Pink Floyd who hasn't recorded a new song in nearly 30 years. Uh, but David Gilmore tells us that uh, why he reunited the band to work with a Ukrainian singer who's now fighting against Russia. I'm sweating so much right now, dude. Yeah, it's hot. Um, oh my gosh, it is so hot. Okay, so I know... Um, never mind, I'll get to that later. Metallica fans are to launch a Cliff Burton Museum in Sweden. Mm. Paul McCartney's family is opening up his childhood home to serve undiscovered artists so they can basically rent out sessions to go in there and write songs like him and John Lennon did. That's awesome. For like certain hours. That's actually so cool. Um, Getting back to Pink Floyd on the Ukrainian thing, they have released their first song in 28 years. Uh, Will Smith, after the Famous Slap has been banned from the Oscars for 10 years. There you go. Uh, Izzy Stradlin of Guns N' Roses turned 60. Uh, It was reported that Dead & Company will stop touring after 2022, and then Bob Weir decided that, hey, that's news to me. So, apparently false news has been reported by the Rolling Stone and several other outlets. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Uh, (laughs) Mm-mm-mm. Kid Rock kicked off his 2022 tour in the most Kid Rock way possible with a video introduction delivered by Donald Trump. (laughs) Oh, Kid Rock. Uh, Chris Bailey of the Saints passed away on April 10th. Red Hot Chili Peppers have the number one album in the country with Unlimited Love 16 years after their first and only other album, Stadium Arcadium in 2006. That's crazy. Right. Uh, Jack White has accused the Rolling Stones of copying the Beatles, which is funny after the whole Paul McCartney McJagger comments, we'll say. Uh, Kevin Parker of Tame Impala performed Elephant with the Wiggles. (laughs) If you haven't seen that video, go look it up. Uh, Britney Spears is pregnant. Really? I don't know. I hear about this. I don't know. But she is. She's pregnant. Uh, With who? Like who's? Her current boyfriend, fiance. I don't know. Are they famous? He probably is. I don't know. I'm not in that realm. Um, Word. The guitar Cobain playing in Nirvana Smells Like Team Spirit is hitting the auction block for the first time ever. It is a left-handed 1969 Fender Mustang. Uh, in competition, Lake Placid Blue. It's a Fender Mustang, but it has the pickups of 
one of the other models, I can't remember. But anyway, it is expected to sell, if it hasn't already, I don't know, uh, for between 600000 and 800000 though it could easily hit the $1 million mark. And he also he currently holds the record for most expensive guitars ever sold at auction when the guitar he played during Nirvana's MTV Unplugged sold for more than $6 million. Was it the uh, guitar played on Smells Like Teen Spirit? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Julian Lennon sings John Lennon's Imagine for the first time for, uh, for Ukraine, even though he has been hesitant all these years. If you haven't seen the video, go watch it. Uh, the Interrupters announced a new album, In the Wild, and they share their first single off of it called In the Mirror. Jay-Z, Diddy, and Fat Joe helped DJ Khaled unveil his Walk of Fame star. If you have not seen those pictures of that video or anything, please go look that up, too. Mm. Oh, yes. I don't know if they have been found, but Alan White's plastic Ono Band drum set. Ono Band, yeah. Drum set played on the albums Imagine with John Lennon and All Things Must Pass with George Harrison were stolen. Oh, that sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, Blink-182's What's My Age Again turned 23. Nobody Iconic. likes you when you're 23. Exactly. Iconic lyric. Nobody likes you when you're 23. So special birthday to that. Uh... Al Green turned 76. Uh, Dance Gavin Dance. I'm sorry. The ba- okay, yeah. The bassist of Dance Gavin Dance, Tim Feerick, passed away. Um, Beatles fans have turned George Harrison's childhood home into an Airbnb and a living museum. Oh. Taylor Hawkins' first... Posthumous, I cannot pronounce words. I think it's just posthumous. posthumous. Yeah, posthumous, whatever. Release uh, is a song with Edgar Winter. Mm. Ian McKay turned 60 years old, and he was in Fugazi Minor Threat, uh, one of the founding members of those bands, if you aren't familiar. Coachella happened. Uh, the weekend and Swedish Mafia House replaced... Uh, Kanye West and Shania Twain our girl Shania performed with Harry Styles and so did Lizzo Um, Mac Miller's drug dealer has been sentenced to 11 years in prison after pleading guilty to supplying Mac with fentanyl laced pills Mm. Wu-Tang Clan and Nas joined forces for NY State of Mind Tour a new documentary about the life and career of George Michael is hitting theaters in June. I'm about to sneeze. <coughs> I was just warning the viewers. True. A new Grammy Museum exhibit will focus on women in country music and feature multiple generations of performers, including Dolly Parton, Taylor Swift, and Shania Twain. Let's go. Uh, George Harrison's widow, Olivia, announces a book of poems about his life. Journey unveils a new single titled You Got the Best of Me from a forthcoming album. Did not know they were still together. Oh, Soundgarden's Super Known 
has been certified six times platinum by RIAA. Delaware. We finally got you, Delaware. Moving onwards and upwards, ladies and gentlemen. There's a lot of Beatles news in this. I didn't realize. Yeah. Uh, Paul McCartney started his Got Back tour, and he duets with John Lennon on stage. That's I was thinking cool. that, actually, I think. Um, Naomi Judd's daughters induct the late country star into the Hall of Fame. She passed away recently, Winona. And Ashley basically broke down in tears during the ceremony at the Country Music Hall of Fame on Sunday. Rest in peace, Naomi. Um, we're almost done, I promise. Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox, uh, they're freaks, dog. They drink mm. each other's blood. They, yeah, they're strange. They're a strange group of people. Uh, Aesop Rocky has released a new music video where he asks Rihanna to marry him with a grill, and then she has a little piece that says, I do, so now they are engaged. That's so baller. And last but certainly not least, we have gotten into the... 2022 inductees for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and that includes Pat Benatar, Duran Duran, Eminem, Eurythmics, Dolly Parton, Lionel Richie, Carly Simon, Harry Delafonte, Elizabeth Cotton, Jimmy Jam, and Terry Lewis, Judas Priest, Alan Grubman, Jimmy Iovine, Iovine, so sorry, and Sylvia Robinson, even though Dolly Parton said she didn't want to be inducted. Yeah. And that's it for your music news. And we're back. So before we get into anything else, uh, social medias, the Twitter, TDM Pod, TDM POD, the Instagram, the Diamond Mind Podcast, the YouTube for our face and stuff, uh, the Diamond Mind, if you look up the Diamond Mind Podcast, we will be the first thing that pops up. Um, TikTok, Diamond Mind Podcast, rate, subscribe, like, five stars. Share it with your friends. Share it. Delaware. Yeah, we still need more of you guys. Uh, anyways, give us the specs on Whitney Houston's self-titled album. Alright, so this has gone 13 times platinum. It was released February 14th, 1985. Happy Valentine's Day. This album is 47 minutes long, and it has 10 songs on it. And fun fact, my mom had this as a cassette tape. <laughs> so, uh, Apple... Has stated no, I don't know. Yeah, Apple stated that this is her debut album that stayed at number one on Billboard 200 for 14 non-consecutive weeks in 1986, and this album led to her winning a Grammy, an Emmy, and seven American Music Awards, which we will get into later on. First song. This first song is called "You Give Good Love." Um, this feels like something Kanye would sample, and the fact that he hasn't yet, to my knowledge, is very surprising and also disappointing. Um, Whitney really just has such a big, powerful voice, mm-hmm. and that's that's what she's known for, and she really shows it off on this debut album. Uh, really is a shame she had to go so early. Um, Whitney Houston's genre, though, if you're a previous viewer of the podcast, you know this, not really my kind of thing, yeah. but I can still appreciate what's being given to me. I like the beat, feels nice. Uh, just a little too slow pacing for me, but that's kind just of, in the genre as a whole. 
Yeah, going off what you were saying, we were dreading listening to this album and also having to record this album. And I'll be honest, when we listened, I didn't write a lot down. I just have basically what Genius says. But going back to what you said about her vocals, I mean, she's probably one of the greatest singers of all time, Mm -hmm. regardless of her genre. I mean, whatever. And it's like kind of how I viewed Celine Dion at first. Like, I did not understand how anybody went to her concerts, like how they just loved listening to Celine Dion. Yeah. After listening to her, like, two albums or whatever that we've listened to, three, if you want to count Titanic, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. I get it. I do understand it now. Will I still go? I don't know. We'll see. But If it was really cheap and in town, I would go. If she played in, like, local, yeah, for sure. Uh, But this song peaked at number three on the Billboard Hot 100, number four on Billboard's Adult Contemporary Chart, and topped Billboard's Hot Black Singles Chart for a week. This song won an American Music Award for Favorite Soul Slash R&B Single, and was nominated for two Grammys. This basically brings up the story of her and her daughter. Oh, 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 no, 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 no. Ignore what I just said. I'm going to bring up the story of her and her daughter's death. Uh-huh. When they said she died early, her daughter also died, like, in her 20s. The same exact way. So the Trigger crazy. warning for, like, death, drugs, drug abuse, overdose, all of that right now. So, Whitney Houston, if you don't know... She was addicted to crack and, like, other things as well, I'm pretty sure. Like, pills and things like that. So, she basically overdosed or had it in her system and then drowned in a bathtub. And that's how they found her. Her daughter, also, they also found drugs in her system. She drowned in a bathtub and that's how they found her. The odds of that is not not weird. Unless are the, so slim. Unless the daughter did it, like... On purpose, that is the weirdest. Like, Usually, though, when people do an autopsy on somebody that's died of an overdose, you can tell if the amount they took was like lethal. Lethal in the sense of like, oh, they were definitely trying to kill themselves. Yeah. Well, with her, I think they found marijuana and something else, like and pills or something, and that's mm-hmm. what it was. Whitney, I don't remember, but yeah. Anyway, let's. Go to the next song. <laughs> okay, this next song is called Thinking About You. Um, has a little electronic steel drum. Very funky, quicker pace. This is very 80s, though. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. 80s. And that's how a lot of these songs are on this album. Which, I mean, it's Whitney Houston. I didn't know what I was really expecting. Um, and I think that sound is kind of bland. But, uh, again, her voice carries, I like the, what, what what would be the word for that? Like, the sound arrangement, like the specific sound effects they use for the instruments. Yeah. Like the soundboard, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I liked that about the song. It was just so 80s that, mm. I agree with that. So... This song became a top 10 hit on the hot R&B slash hip-hop songs in the United States. Um, I wish her vocals were more prominent in the mix. And, I mean, I know it's her first album, you know, so she's just pushed out there with herself in this because Mm -hmm. she was on... How was she debuted? Was it on Jermaine Jackson's albums? She was on somebody else's album, or maybe Teddy Pendergrass or someone... And then she came out with her own stuff. 
and really pushed her name out there. But she could have eaten it up if her vocals were more prominent and she really just, like, was the Whitney Houston yes. later on. She could have just destroyed the song. And I, I know what you mean by, like, the 80s, a little bit of bland, because to me it sounded kind of gloomy, like, almost goth rockish, mm-hmm. while still keeping it in the whole, like, soul, R&B, hip-hop category. So, yeah, next song. This next song is called Someone For Me. I like the bass, slapping AF. They have these big orchestral hit things, but it's like MIDI, but you know. Yeah. Uh, it matches the vibe, but it's a nice chord. I like chords. I like music theory, and that tickled that part of my brain. Um, this song feels like a Fortnite emote to me, though. Aww. Like, I could see Jonesy or Peely getting down to this. Um, this song's alright though and in comparison to how I feel about the rest of the album this one's one of the higher points mm-hmm. yeah so all I wrote down was that I like this album better than the Bodyguard soundtrack so far I agree but I this album was just not hitting like super hard at this point and mm-hmm. I was not feeling it that night so <laughs> next song this next song is called Saving All My Love For You I've actually heard this one. I didn't think I was going to mm-hmm. hear anything on this album that yeah. I had heard before. Only the chorus, though, and I think it's from TikTok. So, like, does that really count? I don't know. Um, we'll count it. We'll count it. Again, it's a little bit boring to me. I like the sax in the back, though. It's a nice touch. Yeah, so this was originally a minor hit for Marilyn McCoo and Billy Davis Jr. in 1978. Whitney's really good at um, covering songs, if you haven't figured that out by now. If you don't, uh, I Will Always Love You is a Dolly Parton song that she covered and sent that to the top. You always, I, I always gotta make sure that people know that whenever they bring up that song. I always make sure people know yeah, that. Yeah, same. And then there are several covers on on this album that shot to the top of the charts as well, so she brings the power. But her version topped the Billboard Hot 100, and it was actually her first number one. And the song has sold over 3 million copies. And like Nate, I had heard the song before. Next. This next song is called Nobody... Is it Nobody Loves Me Like You Do? I think mm-hmm. I must spell that. Yeah. Nobody Loves Me Like You Do. Uh, this song sounds like a funeral song. I'm sorry. Uh, I was not having a grand old time. This was quite boring. Uh, and this is featuring the less talented Jackson. So I just, you know, I was longing for Michael. And that's how I feel about this song. Okay, the um, <laughs> the less talented Jackson brother that it's referring to is Jermaine Jackson, who was the bass player in <laughs> the Jackson 5, and he also had his own solo career. And it's actually, I think, believed that he dated Whitney Houston at one point, so like, power mm-hmm. couple. But this song was originally by Anne Murray with Dave Loggins, another cover. It, I, I enjoyed the song, but it's just not for me. It didn't really hit that sweet spot mm-hmm. that I feel like she could normally reach. Um, we'll move on, though. Um, this next song is called How Will I Know. That silence? <laughs> Sorry, I was, like, reading my notes. Um... The bass in the song is grimy, but like in a good way. When I say grimy, it kind of sounds bad, but it's not, I promise. Um, this style of music, though, is like misery for me. I'll give I'll give it that it's a little catchy with the like, how will I know? 
but it's but it's annoying. <laughs> and uh, she just says that line over and over and yeah. over. And songs that just drive a little slogan into your head like that kill me. Um, in general, whack. Okay. Going back to the Jacksons, this song was originally written for Janet Jackson, but her manage- her management declined it, saying it was too weak. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, because Whitney's more of a powerhouse than she is, from my knowledge. But Whitney's mother was actually supposed to provide backup vocals, but then Whitney ended up doing it herself after Clive Davis convinced her to. Whitney's mother sings? Interesting. I guess. Uh, this song topped Billboard Hot 100, Hot Black Singles, Adult Contemporary Chart, and it also topped the charts in Canada. The music video for the song won an MTV Video Music Award for Best Female Video, and I had heard this one before, and it was very synthy, another just 80s-sounding song. Mm-hmm. Next. This next song is called All At Once. Her voice is incredible. It's really shown off on this song. She jumps up octaves, and that in general is just crazy because there's so much space in between the notes that you're singing or playing that there's a ton of space for you to mess up. Um, It's just another one of those traditional Whitney ballads, though. Her voice is exceptional in this one, though, so this is one of the better ones, and it kept me interested. And that kind of, like capitalizes on what I was saying earlier about how she's one of the greatest singers of all time. Like, she's another Celine Dion, but she's like the Whitney Houston, you know? Uh, And it kind of reminds me of a Disney princess song. I don't know exactly what princess. Probably more like Mulan or something like that. Not the under the sea kind of thing. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, it just had, it just, I don't know. That's what it just... Yeah. Made me feel like that, that, yeah, whatever. I don't know. Listen to it. Let us know down below. <laughs> but this song was released as a single in Japan where it was certified gold. I said the strings sound like every other slow 80s songs, but her vocals were just very peaceful and pure. Is that before my default dance? And we're back. So this next song is called Take Good Care of My Heart. This song is hella germane. Again, I think he's I think he's the less talented <laughs> Jackson. I'm sorry. Um, I like the like, vibe with him. I just wasn't digging it, man. Um, I like the incorporation of saxophone on this song and in this mm-hmm. album in general because I think the saxophone is just a dope instrument. And I can really appreciate that, Whitney. Shout out to you. It could have. Look up if Jermaine Jackson played the saxophone. He played something else other than the Okay, voice. if he plays the saxophone, then... you got to um, put him up. He's got to be yeah. the number two over Janet. Fair. <laughs> I don't know. Tito. <laughs> all right, all right. The Jacksons. They're hard competition. Um, while Nate is looking that up... Wait. Jermaine is a multi-instrumentalist whose main discipline is the saxophone. Okay, told you. He's a singer and a saxophone player and a bass player. And whatever else it includes in his... Okay, the sax... Yeah, yeah, that puts him on the I dig that, I dig that. All right, yeah. But the song was actually first released on Jermaine's album, Dynamite, in 1984. 
And it was the okay. Wait, wait. I actually have it written down. This was the first time the world heard of Whitney Houston. So it was on Jermaine Jackson's album. Huh. So it was almost like that's he discovered why it was hella Jermaine. Yeah. And like that's basically it was almost like he discovered her in a sense, isn't that? That's just that crazy is weird. Uh, that's all I have for this song, though. Uh, this next song is called "Greatest Love of All." I've heard this one. Um, I don't know where though. I recognize this. I recognize the chorus for whatever reason, though. Um, they have big string hits on the chorus at about minute four. I like that. Um, the song drags a bit, but she really brings the emotion. The backing track helps that, and just the emotion and power in her voice helps that. Um, so this one's pretty high. I just realized a few things. Number one, you have that yellow stuff all over Yeah, I know. Number two, your frog isn't even black anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was never black. It was silver. Oh, it was. No. Or was that like gunpowder color, wasn't it? The like outline of the eyes was, and it's still kind of darker. So you're talking... This was... It's always been this color. Like... I thought it was more like gunmetal color. No. Like between these two is what color I thought it was. No. Anyway, Greatest Love of All. This was written by Michael Messer and Linda Creed. And Linda Creed was struggling with breast cancer. The song was originally released in 1977 by George Vincent for the Muhammad Ali biopic, The Greatest. Whitney's version, of course, topped Billboard Hot 100, Hot Black Singles, and Adult Contemporary. It also topped the charts in Australia and Canada. It was certified gold in the U.S. and Canada, and it was certified silver in the U.K., the song won an American Music Award for fam- Favorite Soul and R&B Video and was nominated for a Grammy and Soul Train Music Award. Yeah. <laughs> Last song. This next song is called Hold Me. This song is 1,000% too long. Um, I'm not a huge fan of male-female duets in songs. It's just, it doesn't tickle my fancy. Um, yeah. This sounds like a 1980s Christmas movie finale though where like the whole family ends up getting along and the snow falls yeah, yeah, and yeah. The one little snowflake lands outside on like the, the windowsill and the boy looks out the window and he sees Santa like fly across and he's like and then the pants. Mom! and then that's how the movie ends uh, and I hate it <laughs> I hate that I hate that good feeling <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't want to feel wholesome right now okay um I was glad that the album was done, though, because... This is a painful night. I don't the song's drug, uh, like, very, very hard. I didn't comment on that too much, right. but the songs really did just drag on. Yeah, if you couldn't tell by the length of this episode, we really didn't have a lot to say. Um, yeah, it just wasn't it. Also, the male-female duets... I kind of agree with you. Unless mm. their voices perfectly like melt into each other, it's just honestly not a preference. I like mm-hmm. more like like more like if it were two females or two males mm-hmm. or something where they're like it just meshes together better. I, however, I will say Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers albums in the stream. <laughs> 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 anyway, that's an exception. And the Christmas album. Moving on. Hold Me. This song was originally released on Teddy Pendergrass's album as a duet with Whitney, as we've kind of already 
talked about, obviously. And the song is simply about comforting your loved one. So very fitting about the whole Christmas movie thing that you were talking about. And funny enough that we're talking about this duet, people believe that this is one of the best duets to have ever existed. That's crazy. Yeah. Odd. Very yeah. odd. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> Anyways, 1 through 92, Lenny. Big I can't remember. <laughs> what is this? Is an episode fifty-three? Mm, yes. We're in the forties for sure right now. Yeah. This is actually I think this is episode forty, or like on the list for Billboard, it's number forty is what I meant. Oh. So we're at the cusp or whatever. I'm moving it down. Yeah, I agree. I don't know how much though. Because we've listened to some hot trash, and we've also listened to some stuff that needs to be, like, way up there. This isn't hot trash, though, but it's not, like... Where did we put Celine? Do you remember? Because I don't. I have no clue. We're going to have to go through all our old episodes whenever we want to make a big list. Make a Google spreadsheet. Oh, my gosh. Or we can just try to talk about it, and if we don't remember, go back to the video at Mm -hmm. the very end. But anyway, I would say... Because one Celine Dion album, I think, was better than the other. So I'm just going to say it would fall between those. (laughs) So I'm going to (laughs) say... It's just somewhere in between there. I'm just going to say probably 60s, 70s. Yeah, like... I think I already put something at 69 for comedic value. Thank you, but I'll do 68 because it's just 69, but they owe you one. Um, so. It's time to go. Anyways, you have anything you'd like to say before we start wrapping this thing up? No. The social medias. Oh, tell them to bring me my money. Okay. <laughs> the Twitter, TDM Pod, TDM POD. The Instagram, the Diamond Mind Podcast. The YouTube, uh, for a face, the Diamond Mind uh, TikTok, Diamond Podcast, all sorts of stuff like that. I don't know what our next album Write is. Write us, share us, like us, comment down below, please and thank you. If we have polls on Spotify, vote on those because those are fun sometimes, you know. Um, Delaware, welcome to the team. I know we kind of bullied you into it, but I hope you stay. Sorry we were so mean to you, Delaware. We just really wanted you on our team, you know? Yes. I don't know what state we need to look up next, so I'll have to go through our list of countries and states that we can bully. But I'll get back to you. Don't worry. Anyways, this has been the Diamond Mind Podcast with Nate and Lenny. Nate, wow. This has been the Diamond Mind Podcast with Nate and Lenny. Uh, we'll be... It's hysteria. Def Leppard hysteria. <laughs>